This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Say big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards. Mark Harmon, this is Fan Sided. It's on the mark, and it is Brad Doherty, ESPN NBA analyst, five-time All-Star with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was the Cavs' all-time leading scorer until a man by the name of LeBron James came along. Brad, do you hold any uh, bitterness towards LeBron for breaking your record? Because in some way, shape, or form, like my childhood, Brad Doherty, the Cavs, that still rings true to me. Uh, no, not at all. Uh... He has uh, been absolutely remarkable and phenomenal to watch uh, with, you know, since he started with the Cavs and, and has played the last 13 seasons. He's been phenomenal. So no bitterness at all, not at all. It's been, tr- been a treat to watch. Well, let me ask you then, as we look forward, creeping on the NBA playoffs here, is Cleveland the favorite in your mind right now? Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I believe they are. Uh, they, they've got to figure out their health issues going forward. Uh, I'm glad to see J.R. Smith back. I think that uh, as he gets uh, shakes a little bit of the rust off, that's going to be a great uh, piece of the puzzle to plug back in. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, as long as they can get there and LeBron's not too fatigued, I think they've got a great chance. I'm still not sure of what's going to happen in the West. A lot of people, uh, we got to see what happens with Golden State. San Antonio, even though they didn't play great last night, still very formidable. So, yeah, I think the Cavs are the favorites until someone beats them. But uh, I don't, you know, you don't like the injury bug that they've been bit by. And I think Kevin Love is such a huge piece of what they try to do uh, on the defensive end, especially his defensive rebounding. That uh, that void's going to be hard to fill. But yeah, I think the Cavs are the favorites. Let's talk about how the Bogut injury impacts him. Now, of course, he played all of 58 seconds with the team, but that was a guy in some way that I. I guess Cleveland was counting on. I- I'm looking at it like it's not that big of a deal. He was going to be a bit player. Are you seeing it the same way? No, I think I think he's going to have a bigger role than that. I, I think the big thing with Bogut would have been if he could obviously stay healthy. Is his presence on the defensive backboard uh, would be would be just great because when you go through rotations, and if he rotated in with your second unit, now that really stops that second unit from having a, you know extra opportunities at the basket. So hopefully, you stem the tide until you get your starting group back in and you don't lose much pace I think that's how he's been utilized and then if he played some with the starters the thing I see about Bogut is his ability to pass he's a great facilitator in the high post so you can run pick and rolls with him and throw the ball back and then he throws it back to a cutting LeBron or Kyrie or whoever so 
I think his role is going to be pretty significant, and they needed his rim protection as well because they just don't have that uh, in their in their front line. So uh, no, I think he's going to be a little bit bigger than just spotty. I think he could have played a significant role if he stayed healthy. And you go back to last year's NBA Finals, and a lot of people are saying, well, hey, if, if Draymond doesn't get suspended, Golden State most likely wins the series in five. But people forget that Bogut didn't play the final three games of that series either. Do you think that would have changed yeah. things? No, I think I think if Bogan had played, I think it had been huge. I think it had been a big change because, yeah. like I say, he, he caused a lot of issues at the at the rim, and uh, he could pass the ball, especially in Golden State's offense. Man, he was he was phenomenal at moving that basketball off that high post. So, yeah, it could have been a different story, uh, no doubt about it. That, that with Draymond situation really just, I mean, they just bit themselves in the in the in the rear end with that, but. Uh, Cleveland coming back from 3-1 down is just a remarkable, remarkable piece of history. And LeBron wasn't going to be denied, and Kevin Love and, and Kyrie and those guys, they played so well down the stretch, uh, even though they got in a hole, uh, with, and J.R. Smith's shooting, just stretching the game out. They, they, it was going to be a great series no matter what, but I think Golden State may have had a slight edge if Bogut had remained healthy. And I think most NBA fans are looking forward to the rematch here, seeing Cleveland and Golden State again in the finals. Do you think that this Warriors team, if Kevin Durant can get back healthy, is better than last year's team? The record says no, but I think talent-wise you would say, how could you be worse when you add Kevin Durant? They are decidedly better. Uh, If Kevin Durant is healthy, I I really don't see anybody beating them. Uh, And that's just bottom line. They, their ability to score at such a volume pace when he's healthy, no one can match it. Defensively, I don't. They're not a team in the league that can stop them when they're on their game. Now you can get a game or two from them, but adding him to that that lineup because of so much space and pace in their play, it, it may it, you just weren't going to beat them. So uh, no, it's a different thing without him being there. They're a different team. They go back to being a team that is just perimeter-oriented, and they don't have as much size as they've had in the past, so they don't rebound as well. Uh, so I think it's more of a struggle for them right now to try to get back to the identity that they had last year, but you know, losing Bogut states has really hurt them. Uh, and so in Azili, so I think that uh, I think this team without Durant is not as good as the team as it was last year uh, without him as well. I think they're, they're a step off from where they were last season. I guess my one concern looking at Golden State is if I'm trying to beat LeBron James and Cleveland, I feel like i got to have a rim protector. If LeBron can run free in the paint, to me that's a huge problem. I'm, 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 I'm giving props to your position, Brad Doherty. <laughs> I, 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 with, are you talking about Golden State with Durant or without? I, I'm just saying this year's team, it, it's great that they have Kevin, and I, I still would say that they're better, but I – I guess the concern for me, if I'm looking at it from a Warriors perspective, is who's going to protect the rim? Because if LeBron can go to the rim pretty free, which I think he can against the Warriors, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. He was, uh, he was averaging almost two blocks a game. Uh, and he's, all, he's averaging eight rebounds a game. People forget, and he's seven feet tall. That's what makes him so dynamic. He was tremendous on the post. He's a good post defender. Uh, like I say, block, I don't know, he's blocking more shots per game than most of the centers in the NBA. And he also averages a steal and a half a game with five and a half assists. There's nothing. There, I just don't think there's anyone. I don't think there's any team that would beat them if he's healthy. I just no. I think they could score. They could score 150 if they needed to. Fair enough. And I just think that's a problem. 
Let me, uh, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I, I'd like you to give a little ranking of all-time centers. If you were drafting Brad Doherty, your number one center of all time, who are you taking? Well, I mean, the problem with that is just the eras of basketball, but I think you'd have to look at uh, probably Kareem, I think would be the most versatile, all, the most versatile guy to fit throughout eras. Um, you know, just with the way he scored the ball and what he was able to do, rebounding the ball, block shots, Kareem was just phenomenal. So I think you would start with him, and then you just have to look at the era of play. If you're talking about today's game, I think the most dominant guy in today's game would be Akeem Olajuwon. Um, the guy was just phenomenal. And then if you go back into uh, earlier eras, you could put a guy like Shaquille O'Neal in with the Bill Russell there because he was so dominant physically. So I think you got to look at, at, at it's kind of apples and oranges now because the game has changed so much, but I think that's the way you have to look at it. And you, of course, competed against Akeem in his prime, in your prime. What was the toughest thing about guarding him? He was just balance. He had great balance. It was hard to knock him off balance. Most centers, you can move one way or another, and they they continue to go that way, and he was really difficult to get off balance. He was he had such good body posture, and you try to lean into him and push him one way, he could kind of go with it and still come back against the grain. So just incredibly uh, balanced uh, athlete, just phenomenal. He's one of the only few guys that have quadruple double in games. Uh, people forget about that. He's just really dominant on both ends of the floor. And your Cavs teams, if Ron Harper doesn't uh... – tear up his knee, perhaps things are different with you playing against Chicago. Do you still hold Michael as, as the best player of all time, or do you, are you, are you yeah, edging? No, 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 Michael's the best player of all time uh, because of what he was able to do on the defensive end of the floor. Michael was unbelievable defensively. Uh, but I, I think, and even in that argument, I kind of steer away from best of all time because I think it's really hard because everybody wants to say, is Michael the best of all time or is LeBron the best of all time? They play two different positions. So I think the reality of it is you have to have a starting five that is the best of all time. Because I think it's unfair to compare what Michael did to what LeBron does because, you know, Michael obviously was, was the best two-guard to ever play the game and won six titles, you know, six trips and all that thing. And But LeBron is the best small forward ever. And if you look at what he's – I mean, even though it wasn't a win, he took that 2007 Cavs team to a final. They, they had no business – maybe even being in the Eastern Conference Final. So I think you got to give respect to that. And then I think you, you fill the positions out. That's how you have your Mount Rushmore basketball. Fair enough. And uh, one guy who has been argued a lot this week because he's passed 30,000 all-time in points, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, there's six guys in the history of this game that have scored 30,000. And I don't. I think people don't really quite give Dirk the props that that he deserves. But then you look at the all-time greats. I mean, where do you put him? There's so many great players. What What are your thoughts on Dirk? I think Dirk's cool. a great, great. Uh, he changed the game. He created really the stretch four position. He along with Kevin Garnett. So there's no doubt about it. The innovation that he brought to the game, being able to handle and shoot. The question you'll get with Dirk is on the defensive end of the floor. When you're looking at the all-time greats, yeah. now scoring thirty thousand points. That's the barometer. Obviously, he's in there, but you know he wasn't the greatest defender in the world. And you're talking about the greatest players they ever play the game. You're talking about guys who had dominance on both ends of the floor. Uh, but Dirk was decent. He was a, he was an adequate defender and a, a really good a good rebounder at times. He had nine and a half rebounds a couple of times, so he was capable. But it was all about the offensive end for him. I think it's a it's a it's a an interesting conversation. What he's done is remarkable and uh, Hall of Fame worthy, no doubt about it. 
so I think you just have to see where he falls within the numbers of guys who are dominant on the other end and where he places behind those guys. ESPN NBA analyst Brad Doherty with us here, fansided.com. Uh, Brad, last one for you. There was, uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal and, and Charles and Kenny do such a great job on, on inside the NBA. And then they also speak out and ugly things can happen. Maybe ugly is too strong of a word, but JaVale McGee and Kevin Durant's defending him. And so you're trying to, on one hand, be entertaining, but also be informative. How do you, for yourself, go about that balance of both, uh, you know, being critical of a player if it's warranted versus entertaining the whole thing that's got to be boiled into what you do? Yeah, it's getting harder uh, today's game, you know, and, and I never try to, I don't act like I know, I don't think I know everything about basketball. People ask me my opinion and my job, and I just try to give the best opinion based upon my experience and then what I do know about the game. And I think, it, you know, that thing with Shaquille and Javel, I, I mean, he, I thought he was just trying to have fun. You know, the Shaq and the Fool thing has always been pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, I think, but today's guys seem to be more aware uh, socially of, the, of what's being said because of all the social media mediums. And so I think there's a, a, high, a heightened sensitivity to it. And uh, I just hope that any player, I don't know why any player would take to heart anything that we're saying, sitting on this side. We're not playing. We're just commenting, talking about the game, trying to help uh, bring you know some, some positive light or shed some light to the game and to the experience and what's going on. I think sometimes uh, things become a little personal, and that's unfortunate because I don't think any guy sitting on this side, my side, wants it to be a personal diatribe. They're just trying to point out what they see, and it's okay. If it's different and you don't agree, I I think that's great. That's what it's all about. But when it becomes personal, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Would you have wanted social media to be where it's at today when you were playing? Would Brad already wanted to have a Twitter? Okay. No, I don't have. I don't do it now. I don't have Twitter now. I don't Twitter. I don't, I'm not one of the twitties. I don't have. This, I don't do any of that. Man. I refuse. I refuse to do it. I, I'm, I'm private when I walk away from my job, and I'll be glad to talk to anybody about basketball. Wants to talk about, but I'm not going to let anybody be involved in my life. That, that makes no sense. And uh, hey, my kids do it, and everybody around me does it. And more power to them. But I'm just not one of those people. So I'll ride off on my in my old. You know, my old old head old head ways and just keep doing my thing and maybe I miss out on opportunity miss out on this, miss out. But to me I just I'd rather miss out and have my own privacy because that's important. Brad, appreciate the time and my NBA upbringing was the mid to late nineties and the Bulls and the Cavs and it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal era for the NBA. So it was great watching you and great talking to you today. Hey, thanks for having me on. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save 